Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. The volume. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in a bonus bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code JOHN. New customers can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code J-O-H-N. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, one no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash promos for deposit wagering and eligibility restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. What is happening everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. How are we doing? It is uh, Thursday. I'm about to head to the airport. Just uh, record a little podcast, uh, some thoughts just from the last 24, 48 hours from the Combine. Wanted to get just some just some thoughts onto the pod about rubbing elbows with a lot of different people. It's been a fun week. Met a lot of coaches I didn't know. Seen a lot of people I hadn't seen in a while. Met a lot of, a lot of young scouts that listen to the podcast, so that's always cool. And uh, I think the plan today is going to be Jason Light, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, General Manager, Super Bowl champ, signed Tom Brady. Matthew Barry, fantasy football czar with NBC. He's on NBC Sunday night football coverage. So we will talk to those two guys as well as just some of my thoughts from the Combine. You guys know the drill. If you listen on Collins' feed, 
Make sure you subscribe, do three and out feed. All this content is also up on YouTube, so check that out as well. We'll just keep the content flowing. We'll have more of these interviews that we recorded coming out next week. And it's been a fun week. It's been a very, very productive week. Might have just got a uh, uh, potential tea time with my uh, fellow Arizona brethren, Jonathan Gannon, who I ran into at, at lunch with some Eagles guys. I guess he's a golfer, so I, I like that guy. I, uh, the Eagles guys love him. Yeah, we will talk, uh, we'll talk some football, but before we do, first what I need you to do, where's my smartphone? Grab your smartphone and download a little app. And that app is Game Time. And they're the official ticketing app of this podcast. I was at dinner last night and we looked up and the Pacers were playing at home against the Pelicans. Zion Williamson, who looks like a defensive lineman. I thought, damn, I should have gone to the game. And if I had gone to the game, what I would have done is I would have gone to the Game Time app. I would have typed in Pacer game. I would have picked where I wanted to sit, found the price point, and then I would have bought a pair of tickets. And when I checked out, I would have used the promo code John, J-O-H-N, J-O-H-N, promo code John, $20 off. Very, very easy to do. And uh, yeah, if you want to go to a basketball game, college or pro, any sporting event, concerts, going to try to get out some concerts this spring, maybe this summer, uh, and enjoy yourself, do it on us. Download the Game Time app, promo code John, save yourself $20 at checkout. Cannot recommend it enough. Where do I want to start? I obviously spent a lot of time around the Kansas City Chiefs and just different guys from that staff. It turns out I, I talked to three or four guys uh, that either coached or worked for the Ravens. It's crazy the similarities between the successful teams here. Obviously, in the NFL, especially in the AFC, you're going to need one of the star quarterbacks. Without that, you have no shot. I think Sean Payton's a good coach. Until they figure out the quarterback situation, they're in trouble. The Raiders, no shot. The Patriots, I am not, you don't even discuss them. The Titans, Will Levis. But the two best teams in the AFC this year, I actually think have a lot in common. And, you know, talking to those guys with the Ravens, and I know this with the Chiefs, like the number one thing that stands out is how serious those fucking places take football. And the number one thing I heard from both operations is obviously... It's a good place. People like working there. It's a successful place. But I kept hearing it from both. Like, this is not a country club. This is not kumbaya 24-7. Like, the pads are coming on. (laughs) This is a very physical operation. I'm not talking about on game day. I'm talking about through the week. I'm talking about all season long. I'm talking about in the playoffs. Like, you buckle your chin strap at practice because you're hitting. And in a league, because of the rules that have ch- has changed dramatically, right? You, you can't hit, like, you watch some of that Patriot dynasty and you see some of the physicality that was in the league. Uh, some of us call it, like, the good old days. Now, I didn't play, I just watched as a young kid. But the league's dramatically different. The Steve Atwaters, the John Lynches, the Lawrence Taylors, like, those days, it, it, it's, it's different. It's still a very, very physical game. And all the teams, when the dust settled, were physical squads. Even Detroit, who is still improving their defensive personnel, like that—that's a good example. Like that coach is not fucking around. Like they're, it's not like the, the mentality in these organizations. And obviously, one thing the Chiefs and the Ravens really, really have is cohesion. 
So when we're at the combine, a lot of these teams, they're not on the same page. Their coach views stuff one way. Their GM views something another way. It's like they got no shot. I mean, seeing some of these brands when you're walking around, right? Because everyone's wearing team logo. You go, that team's got no shot. That team's got no shot. That team's got no shot. So when I'm talking to guys from the Ravens with John Harbaugh, who's been there for a decade and a half, and Andy Reid now who's won three Super Bowls, you're like, how many people are they actually competing against when the season starts? Seriously. Like, in the entire league, 10 te- of 32 teams, 10? 10. Think about that. So the number one quality I've seen in both organizations is the streamlined ideas of everyone's on the same page with what we want, what we need, and what we're going to approach to get, and the type guys we want. This isn't, obviously, player acquisition is not an exact science. You're dealing with human beings. But I would say both of them have it pretty dialed as well as you can possibly. You know, you talk to people with the Ravens, like Ozzie Newsom's in these meetings still. Eric DaCosta has been there forever. The mentality of the coaches they hire, and, and listen, this is why a lot of people, one thing I've heard constantly from people here is like, Chargers are coming. They're going to be good. Why? Jim always wins, and who did he hire? A John Harbaugh guy who's been with the Ravens for decades, who I met briefly, bald-headed guy, rooting for Joe Ortiz. So when you get a general manager and a head coach, who philosophically think about football the same and who have a good relationship and who are good, like you're going to win. And most of these teams just don't have that. They just do not. And listen, when you're good, you're going to lose coaches. The Ravens just lost Mike McDonald to Seattle. Well, someone told me last night, they're like, I think this next defensive coordinator is a stud too. And I, I ran into Darius Hayward Bay, who I've known from the Bay Area who obviously was a top 10 pick for Al Davis, and then he went on to the Pittsburgh Steelers and kind of became a role player and played on special teams. And I didn't even recognize him. He was wearing a Ravens outfit. He's a pro scout. And he was like, bro, this place is badass. I I am just so impressed. It's like any high-level organization. Success is not random. The stories you hear about the philosophical way they operate on a daily basis, and it's not always like, I'm not talking it's just super serious and screaming constantly. Like every coach is a little bit different. But the level of focus on it's not about money, it's not about the brands, it's about winning. Like talking BSing with Andy a little bit off the podcast about the Travis moment when he shoved him and he laughed about it and kind of told Travis don't ever do that to me again, kind of jokingly. But like that's Travis all, like all of his chips are in the middle of the table. Even the Ravens were like, we didn't quite expect to see that level guy. And he killed him. He had whatever, 14 catches against him. And you just get high-level players. Some of the stories I heard about Roquan Smith, like, God, that's a guy I want in the trenches. <laughs> I want Roquan Smith on my freaking team. And these teams just know what they're looking for. And it's why the Ravens are a good example. Over the years, they have let so many guys leave in free agency. And they've always been good. They've just been consistently Pretty good, right? doesn't mean, and listen, the Chiefs are in a situation right now, like they were winning a lot of Super Bowls. Well, during, like, Peyton had really, really good teams. He only won the one Super Bowl in Indianapolis. But, like, no one would argue that those Colts teams weren't, beside the Patriots, probably the best team in the league over the course of, you know, 12, 10-plus years. And I think you get this probably in any sport, but football is unique because every team has money. 
Every team has the financial resources now to pay coaches a lot of money. And I think there are a lot of good coaches in the NFL. Like a lot of these head coaches, you meet them. I was talking to Kevin Stefanski in the room the other day. Like they're, they're really impressive guys. I think Kevin Stefanski is a really good coach. And it, it, so much of it, you know, in this period of time for these next couple you know, months, I guess, free agency and then the draft is dependent on the cohesion of your operation. And the cohesion and the, I would say the ability to locate exactly what you want and have a clear vision because you can't locate what you want if you don't know exactly what you're looking for. And the best teams know exactly what they're looking for. I've seen it forever with the 49ers. Like, it doesn't mean you're not going to miss on players. It doesn't mean you're going to be right on every guy. You're going to. But you're going to hit on more than you miss on. And the guys you hit on are going to have huge impacts. And this is why this time of year it's so important for the guys to like football, for the guys to be all in. The the media always freaks out whenever it comes up. Yeah, we think he's got too many interests. They're like, oh, shut up. Let him be balanced. Balance doesn't win in society at the highest level of ambitious professions. You want to win in Wall Street. You want to win in the NFL. You want to win at whatever industry that's highly competitive. Balance ain't getting it done. It's simply not. And the best players in the history of the NFL, the best coaches in the history of the NFL, the best general managers in the history of the NFL, weren't really balanced individuals. You know, they, they just don't. They're all freaking in. And uh, I, I just think you talk to these people, you get similar vibes from the successful people. And I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm very, very fortunate that I got hired by a guy that's going to go down as probably the chubby Bill Walsh in Andy Reid. And when I'm part of the Eagles, I got to know a lot of people in the NFL that went on to become head coaches, that are head coaches that are general managers that are just throughout the league. Like I listen, I did not control that. I would have taken any job when I left Fresno State. I just wanted to work in the NFL. I didn't know anyone in Philly. I didn't I didn't know Andy Reid. And it just kind of um it just happened. And I'm very, very fortunate to have been around these people and see what it looks like and know the way they sound. And even the Eagles, like who went through a really, really rough stretch, no team pivots faster. Like they they fucked up. Right, but it's hard. They they lost two good coordinators, uh, an offensive coordinator who is a star. The way people talk about Shane Steichen is like, yeah, he's one of the best play callers. And that's another thing. Talking to guys last night, that's a good example of. I think a lot of offensive coaches that ultimately become play callers are good with X's and O's, like understand schemes, can get on the board. Like the difference between Kyle Shanahan and some random offensive coordinator, if they're just talking football. Most people and a lot of players might not be able to spot the difference in a meeting on the board. Obviously, there are levels of like Bill Walsh, Andy Reid, or you know the Shanahan's. That I'm not saying that they're not better than the other guy, but if you were just watching them teach a play, they both could teach it in a very similar manner. But there is an instinct when it comes to calling plays on offense. And I was talking about it last night over dinner with a bunch of scouting buddies. A lot of people think you're kind of born with it. Like you either have it once you start calling plays, you're natural at it, or you're not. It doesn't mean you can't improve, but some guys don't have it. It's why as fans, as us that watch the NFL, you kind of know right away, like this guy sucks. He's just not any good. It's not because he doesn't know football. He just has no feel for calling plays. And the Eagles were a good example of that. Shane Steichen is a high-level play caller. Brian Johnson was not. Not good. Now, Kellen Moore... I'm a Kellen Moore fan. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him, but he's proven to be pretty good when he was with the Cowboys. 
He obviously likes to throw it more than he likes to run it, which the Eagles like. But the Eagles fucked up on their coordinators, and what did they do? They b- bought Vic Fangio. And Kellen Moore, who, listen, he's a polarizing individual, but I saw him with the Cowboys. Won a lot of games. They were in the playoffs, right? So I, I think that there's so many similarities with these high-level teams, the coaching staff, the general managers, the scouting staff. Because I, I worked in the NFL. It's full of a lot of ambitious people. This is not the type of job where you're going to meet a lot of lazy people. And the quote-unquote lazy guy relative to most of society is, is, you know, I would say a pretty hard worker. But the margins here are th- so thin, and the level of grind that it takes to do this profession is pretty crazy. And it's weird. You're like, well, you're just watching football. And it's true. That's all you're kind of watching and evaluating football. You're watching hours upon. I'm talking, you know, when you work in the office, you're working 16 to 18-hour days. Now, we can argue if it's overkill, if it's necessary, but it happens. That's, that's the way in, in the high-level college and in the pros, it, it works. It's funny, you talk to some of these former players that are getting into this profession, like DHB. I saw Shane Vereen, who a couple years ago I played golf with uh, in the Bay Area. Really good guy. Obviously, was a really high-level player for the Patriots and got a contract with the Giants. Then he got injured. He's kind of here with, with a team. And it's just, it's a different world. You know, it, it's just a world that you work really hard as a player, but that there is a gap there because you win a game Monday, Tuesday's off. Like you're not exactly sure what the coaches are doing. You know, they're grinding, you know, they're working hard. So it's always cool to see some of these players make the transition and getting with the right team is, is everything. And it, another team that I, I think is really coming because I saw these two guys, I don't know either of them. But they were walking ahead of me, and you could just tell, like, these guys look like they're on the same page. And clearly they have a quarterback, a pass rusher, an offensive tackle, and a corner, and a young wide receiver is the Texans. And they're a team to me to just keep a big-time eye on. I mean, they got assets. They got a coach who is very highly thought of in the NFL. I think Casario is pretty damn good at his job. So I, I think the Texans are a team that, if they do it right, and build, and the one thing Casario knows is like, and he values this because he saw it in New England. If you want to beat the Ravens, if you want to beat the Chiefs, it's not just the sexy toy. It's not just, you know, the thing that's going to get everyone excited in the middle of March. It's about getting the right type players because you're going to have to go to war with these guys in early to mid January. And the only way to beat them is with those type players. The Patriots, the second iteration of them that won the championships in the 2010s. We're not full of Randy Mosses. They, they were not full of like even Richard Seymour's, right? It was a lot of Julian Edelman's and Devin McCourty's. And these guys were damn good players. Dante Hightower, Matthew Slater. They, they, a lot like the Ravens and the Chiefs. And I've seen it with the 49ers. Like their guys are not fuck around guys. Fred, and that's to me the thing when you're evaluating these guys at the combine, there, there are a lot of talented players here. There are a lot of guys that have the physical capabilities to be pro bowlers. But football is about so much more than just how fast you run, how strong you are, how good your hands are, right? It's every day for six months being able to put your head down and either prepare to play, practice, train, mentally, study tape. It's a grind. And to be a great player, it's about doing it year after year after year. After year, there is like a, an excitement in the monotony of just doing it over and over for a lot of these great players. 
and you hear some of these stories about some of these pregame speeches from these great players, I, I do believe Ray Lewis hit the nail on the head about, uh, you know, you, you pay me Monday through Saturday. Sundays are for free. Sunday, even at the highest level, you're still just playing a game. And there, there's a pure element to that as an athlete that no one's thinking about the money and shit on the field. Even someone who was with the Ravens last night told me, like the craziest, you know, Patrick Queen coming into this season was going to be a free agent. They're like, God, how are we going to keep this guy focused? And they're like, Roquan just kept that dude so locked in, it never even came up. And the dude fucking played his balls off all season because that mentality kind of carries over, right? Brandon Ayuk really wanted a contract last offseason. Didn't get it. Came in. It's like, how's he going to act? Acted like he's going to have the best season of his career. Because when you're part of a successful organization, it kind of breeds on each other. So many people are asking me about the volume. Like, what are you guys doing? How you guys are having so much success? Like, I don't know. Just high-level people. We have a lot of people on and off camera and the microphone just pretty dialed in. And it's a process that's taken a couple of years to get rolling now, and it's, it's really rolling. But it happens with like-minded people. I was telling someone the other day, Shannon Sharp, you know, I don't even know how old he is, early 50s. Dude does like four or five lives an, uh, a week. I mean, he's going live after like fucking Laker games at night for like two hours. It's like you kind of got to just love the grind. You know, you can't, you can't fake this stuff. No matter what you do, selling cars, <laughs> uh, whether you play a pro sport, whether you're in finance, like it's, it's, it'll catch up to you at the highest level against the best if you're competing against other high-level people. And it's on full display here, right? And you just – I'm not trying to talk down about certain teams because I respect how hard this is. But you just see some of these teams, you're like, you got no shot. You got no shot. Now, you're all going to, that's the best part about this industry is everyone's going to make money. Not everyone's going to win. And, and most teams have no chance. And listen, there is just a basic element of this business. If you don't have a quarterback, it's why going into this season, if the Bears, if Caleb Williams becomes a top 10 player, the Bears are going to be good. No matter who their coach is, no matter who's running the show. If he's a top 10 quarterback, they're going to be competitive. That's a fact, because that's what happens. Justin Herbert, when he was healthy, like the Chargers were competitive with Brandon Staley. Think about that. So when you have a really, really good quarterback, you could have one of the worst coaches in the league and be okay and, and compete, right? And when you get a good coach with a good young quarterback, you get like D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud. So a lot of people... There are going to be a lot of articles coming out with unnamed scouts and everyone in the NFL is going to freak, you know, that covers the NFL. Like, put your name on it. They can't put their name on it, guys. Stop asking for these scouts to put their name on it. You want their quote. He can't put his name on it. It's not allowed. You get fired. So, But we want the information. Like, you want to know how the hot dog's made and then you complain when you find out what's in it. Like, there's going to be character information. Some of these guys aren't great people. Some of these guys have been in trouble. These aren't just pulled out of people's you-know-what and just displayed for no reason because there are issues, right? Now, we can argue how big the issue is or not, but, like, this is reality. This is a business where if you draft it, it's like this guy might go seventh overall. You're talking $25 million. It's a lot of money on the line. This is billion-dollar industry. And sometimes nothing makes me more angry is when the media starts complaining about all that stuff during the draft. 
Because I, I talk to people over the course of the last couple of days that are like, yeah, I don't, I won't argue that Caleb Williams is a really good prospect, but like I'd probably bet against him. I just, I don't really see it. Not that he doesn't have the physical capabilities, but they're just kind of turned off by different things. And that's part of the scouting community. You want to have different opinions. Not everyone should be thinking the same thing. People should have different views on different players, you know, and it's why this quarterback talked to a guy last night that does the SEC. He's like, I would not want to have to take Jaden Daniels. I I wouldn't. Maybe Jaden Daniels becomes a really good player. Maybe he doesn't, right? These are very, very risky situations. A lot of people just, Drake May, they kind of throw their arms up. So when you really start talking to the scouting community, this is where I talk about the difference between the hype machine, which is, I guess, all of us, and in the league. Because the hype machine on guys just grows and grows and grows and grows. Like I'd say the one thing that's pretty consensus. People think that the three wide receivers, the LSU guy, obviously Harrison and Roma Dunze, really good players. <laughs> You're not going to meet many people like, oh, those wide receivers, I, I don't see it. That's pretty consistent. But I think with the quarterbacks, I think Sean Payton had a quote. He's like, we, we feel pretty good in our ability to evaluate, and we also feel pretty good about other teams' ability not to evaluate, and that's a point of difference. I, I might have screwed up the quote a little bit, but and he's right. right? A, a lot of people saw Patrick Mahomes and didn't see that good of a player, right? And a couple teams did. The Chiefs loved him. John Payton loved him. Right? Just like several years ago. You know who loved Josh Allen? Obviously, the Bills did. They traded up to get him. John Schneider. John Schneider wanted to get rid of Russell Wilson in whatever year that was, 18, and draft Josh Allen. There were a lot of people in the NFL like, he sucks. He's never going to play. He's awful. So it's all in the eye of the beholder. And you're going to be right. You're going to be wrong. Now, when it comes to the quarterback, you know, when it comes to the Bears taking Caleb, which I think everyone believes is 100% going to happen, whoever Washington ends up taking, and then how those other quarterbacks go from then on out, not all those guys are going to be good. And when you miss on a quarterback, most times you don't just kind of run into Brock Purdy. It usually kind of derails you. Or even the, look, the Jets thought they had a lifeline, right? They thought they traded for Aaron Rodgers. And then five plays into the season, he tears his Achilles. So even when you know you screw up and you make a decision, like there's no there's no sure things really in life, but definitely in football because there's no sport that quite has the injury variance. At any moment, it can happen to any player, whether it be a physical interaction like a tackle or just be a non-contact injury. I mean, hell, we saw one of the Niners' better defensive players tear his Achilles running out to the huddle. I was. I asked Andy Reid, I'm like, have you ever seen that? And he's like, yeah, I think he thought it happened to one of his guys in like his first season in Philly in a similar situation. And it might have been in a practice or it might have been in like a preseason game where a guy was running out. He just went down and he's out for the year. I mean, it just happens like no one fucking touched him. Think about that. It could happen to any guy. You're all pro player or just like your random special teamer. And that's what makes this league I think so intriguing is there are just so many variables that, that there really are and uh, yeah and, and like I said I, I'm very very I'm not that religious of a guy so when I say this I, I do believe you know I'm, I'm very blessed in the sense that my experience in Philadelphia allowed me to be able to meet so many people in the NFL that I would not have been able to meet if I would have been in another team 
starting with the head coach and the general manager, who how he won a Super Bowl with Doug Peterson, and he's obviously won three. But the amount of other people, the amount of people that even though I didn't work for, that have come through there and were connected. Like I, I didn't work with Jason Light, but I know him through a lot of mutual people. Some guys that I worked with with the Philly because he worked in Philly before I got there. Now work with him, and that there is just such a connection that I. I this is why whenever I try to give people advice, I, I made a combined $120,000, I think, in my three years working in the NFL, like 25, 45, and 55 or something. And the money was completely irrelevant. The experiences and the ability of the people I know and able to text for this job, I would have paid that amount of money now looking back. And it never even crossed my mind. I wasn't making that. I didn't even care. It, it didn't matter. Now, I, I didn't have a family or anything, but like that experience and those people that I was you know, lucky enough to work around and get to know and call friends, and be able to communicate with, phone, text, changed my life. It, it really did because I can, I can come to a combine. Like I don't work in the NFL anymore. I haven't worked in the NFL a long time. I just know a lot of people from my short experience. Through that, and then even through this, like I'm walking around, I meet Kevin Stefanski, a couple guys in the Eagles know him really well, so I drop their name, we start bullshitting for like five minutes. Just got introduced to Jonathan Gannon. I'm like, hey, Jonathan, fucking let's play some golf. He's like, I'd love to. I guess he's a big golfer. Lives probably 15, 20 minutes away from me because the guys with the Eagles love Jonathan Gannon. I mean, they love him. I would say every single guy I know on that staff, the way they speak about Jonathan Gannon, it just couldn't get any higher. And I could see, I saw him interacting with one of the guys I just had lunch with. These, all these guys are really, really impressive. And the league is clearly full of young, like guys in their 40s being head coaches. You understand it. Like these is pretty high, high level group. He did a pretty good job at the end of the year. So uh, had a really good time. There's nothing quite like this event. I said it, I think I tweeted it out a couple days ago. Everyone's in a good mood. Whether you're Jonathan Gannon, you're drafting fourth, or whether you're Andy Reid and you just won the Super Bowl, whether you work, you know, with the Steelers and you got knocked out in the first round, or you're Sean McDermott with the Bills, you know, everyone is just spirits are high. People are feeling good. And it's a it's a very very loose environment. This is there's just nothing quite like it. Uh, there really isn't. Everyone's interacting. You have the media reporters. The coaches, the GM, they're all staying at the same hotels. Like everyone's around each other. You just turn around. There's just people talking with each other. There's no, I would say it's not a very secretive. People just, you can just walk by if you're just kind of listening. You're like, God, what's that guy talking about? What's Mike McDaniel talking to that dude about? You just kind of hear things. It's, it's, it's crazy. It really is. And if you, if you love football, like I love football, it's, there's like a, there's kind of a fan element to it. It's like, God damn, this is, this is pretty sweet, but in a weird way, you're kind of numb to it. Uh, but I try not to be too numb because I think it's uh, it's pretty special. So I, I'm I'm glad we got to come here. I'm glad I just this was a no brainer for me. Uh, I realized probably a month ago I got, I got to come. Definitely glad I did. And uh, we'll hit the home stretch here as we get ready for free agency. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. 
So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well... I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's dive into current Tampa Bay Buccaneers general manager. Fresh off a great season. Won a playoff game. And Super Bowl champion with Tom Brady. Jason Light. Here from the Combine... And I happen to run into a Super Bowl champion and a playoff winner this year. Hell of a season. Idiots like me thought they were not going to be very good, and they shut us up quick. When the seat before the season, though, as the season went on, G- GM of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jason Light. What's going on? Thanks for having me. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. What's this time of year like for you? It's busy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are busy. Um, Signing our own free agents, uh, getting ready for free agency, getting ready for the draft. It's uh, it's our busy time. You were telling me before we hopped on that, that you've been to one was canceled. So if we count that one, thirty combines. You've been a GM now ten years. Do you feel when you come to these? Are you pretty comfortable now? What has to happen, or is it like the meetings? You have obviously your quarterback, a wide receiver. I mean, it's a pretty big name guys, a potential franchise tag. A lot of moving parts. Does it change year to year, or does it always kind of feel the same coming to the combine? 
Um, well, the the things you have to accomplish change uh, year to year, but it's all kind of the same. It's um, you know everything's kind of comes to a head at once here, and then um, and we leave, and then actually do the free agency or signing our players, and then still get ready for the draft. And it's uh, it's 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 just a it's a cyclical industry. Let's talk about this season. Um, obviously, the Baker Mayfield situation was pretty cool, right? He last year got his chance in L.A., won that game on that Thursday night, was a pretty big eye opener. And for you guys, not just his play, but I think the maturity, the leadership was from the outside. I mean, you were living it. Seemed like a, a pretty awesome. I don't even want to call it career resurrection, but just stamping like guys, I, I can play a little bit in this league. It was a little bit for him, and for the, you know, he was the perfect quarterback for us. Not easy to replace Tom. Not easy to replace. It's irreplaceable. You're not going to get Tom Brady. Um, but it was for the situation we were in. He was the perfect quarterback for us. We were the perfect team for him. Um, our team had a chip on its shoulder. We still had a lot of good players on it, and everybody was counting us out, including you. And I wasn't alone. <laughs> and uh, No, you were not alone. And we have a quarterback that has a big chip on his shoulder that wants to prove everybody. So it was a perfect marriage, and we hope it uh, continues. You know, you've drafted a lot of impact players at a ton of different positions. But that position, you know, if Baker hadn't played as well, you would have been in trouble, right? So you can have 15 Vita Veas and Tristan Wirfs, but if you if you have a problem at that position, do, were you confident going into the season? I mean, there was a quarterback competition, right, in training camp. Um, or is it one of those things where were you pleasantly surprised how well? Because obviously he played well before in his career. He was the number one overall pick, so it's not like an out-of-nowhere situation. Right. There was a high ceiling there. Yeah. Um, no, I was I – was, it was – we knew that he had it in him. So, but I'll say that I was pleasantly surprised with the competition that showed what Kyle was. And Kyle actually Trask played very, very well in preseason, and he showed us some things that were reminded us why we took him in the second round. Yeah. So um, I'm not. Who knows what the season, how the season would have went with Kyle? I'm glad it worked out the way it did because we want Baker to be our quarterback moving forward. But. Kyle did some things that really uh, it was that was a, that was one of the most pleasant things that happened during the preseason. I felt. Well, let's talk about that. Obviously, you're famous for signing Tom Brady. Uh, that one kind of worked out. Is this going to be a complicated? I mean, quarterback deals typically are. You know, he was relatively cheap for not civilian standards, but for quarterback right, standards right. last year. GM standards. <laughs> this situation now. How do you approach it? Constant dialogue. I mean, he's been on your team for a while now, so you know him and his agent, but does it start from scratch now? How, how does that work out from well, your we've, perspective? We've already had some conversations, so I'm sure we'll have to continue to have conversations um, and try to find middle ground if we can. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm confident that we'll continue to work on it. So um, feel good. what makes me feel good is I know he wants to be a buck. I know we want him to be a buck, so usually there's somewhere something can be worked out in there. You know, one thing I always find fascinating is some GMs now have that number background or law background. When you have a scouting background, how do you learn to negotiate, right? Because you become the, I guess you do a little bit when you're like the second in command, you, you deal with it. But when you're the, the boss, I mean, you're the decision maker, how do you learn when it's like too much hang up or, you know, kind of to play it and when to kind of play all your cards? Is that, is that a learned experience? It is, but, you know, I have... Uh Fantastic people working for me. Famous cap guy who's been with you for a while. Uh, uh, Mike Greenberg, I've <laughs> yeah. Jackie Davidson, um, and they do a fantastic job. So they do most of the of the groundwork, most of the legwork, um, 
they asked me to come in at the end um, if it's, you know, we have to, I don't want to say I'm the closer, but you're the GM, so, um, but just having those, they do most of the work uh, when it comes to those things. So when it comes to, you know, the paragraph five and the different numbers, you're very dependent on that guy, like you are here at the Combine for medical, right? You can't say, hey, this is a degenerate knee, you are on the doctor. I know just enough to be dangerous, but um, but I have but you know I rely on them just like I rely on John Spitek and Mike Beal and Rob McCartney and my scouting department um, to do a great job, which they have. So. so it's fair to say when you're negotiating some of this information, you know it's it's based on the tape and based on your gut feel, but also when it comes to the numbers, it's based on the rest of the league. I mean, it's a complicated process. Yeah, it's a complicated <laughs> process coming up with the market, what the market is. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about your wide receiver, who was incredible this year. He's one of, I mean, honestly, one of the great players of his generation. Mike Evans, a lot of different reports flying out there. What What are your thoughts on Mike and where it stands right now? Uh, we've been we've been in good faith negotiations for a while now, and um, we're, we'll continue to do that this week and next week. And I'm, you know, hoping just like our fan base that he stays with us. And, and, you know, I know it's got to be a good deal for both ends. So, um, you know, he's he's beloved player and he's one of the best all time. You know, that run you guys went on with Tom, it kind of showed this year the culture of those guys know how to win. And you guys got in some tough games. And just obviously the playoff game, I mean, kind of kicked some serious ass. Let's, let's call it what it is. But those guys had been through the ringer, right? And everyone watching them for three years, playing in the Super Bowl, playing in big playoff games. How much do you think that helped this year with your core guys of just feeling that pressure? It helped a lot. We've talked about this in the past, the Brady effect. And I even talked about it when we signed Tom originally that this is not just something here for the next three years. This is something that's going to carry on with these young players for a long time. He shows us, he's showing them what it takes to win. And um, we still see that, yeah. Is there anything you take away? Obviously, you had been around Tom when you were younger with the Patriots, but seeing him, you know, 42, 43, 44 years old, that you were just like, I can't believe this. Maybe not even a throw or anything, but just something well, intangible. Just how hard he works. It just, it's just how focused he is. And, uh, you know, everybody talks about it, but when you see it firsthand, I mean, this guy is just all, when he was playing, is just all about getting any advantage he can on his opponent so yeah when you guys uh this year you lose a coordinator to become a head coach which is a good thing i mean that's what you want as a as an organization how then uh, involved are you when it comes to replacing the offensive coordinator working with todd bowles you guys have a list you keep lists you know on coaches like that to help him out because he's so you know coach so week to week in the nfl season yeah he keeps lists i keep lists with my group and um, we kind of compare them. We uh, brought several people in. Uh, I, I spent time with them. Todd spent the majority of the time with them, but I would spend an hour, an hour and a half with them as well. And then Todd would just, he and I would discuss, and he would kind of um, re- relied on me to help him through the process, but I want him to make the, the hire. So, um, but just one thing I love about Todd is he, he likes to work together and, and, and have that uh, you know, that union with the, with the GM. You hire Liam Cohen, who when I think of him, I think of a Shanahan offensive guy. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Is that something you were tree. specifically looking for, the McVay, Shanahan, kind of some of those offensive concepts, or was you was go this, into a cut pretty wide open? It wasn't specific, but, um, you know, it, it helps uh, because that's the system that we had. So yeah. it's going to make it a li- little bit easier to, uh, you know, in, in, in the process of, changing coaches to have the same terminology and similar terminology for all of our players. 
I don't care who, what offense you run, you need good players. But why do you think that offense is so player-friendly? Um, that's a good question. I think, I think one of the things it is it takes the tough, a lot of the tough decisions away from the quarterback. Um, so you're not de- depending on the quarterback to make a lot of those tough decisions. Um, it's quarterback-friendly. Yeah. And defensively, now you've worked with Bowles for a while. You got you got to have a pretty good feel in your scouting staff, specifically what he likes on defense. We know he likes to blitz. Yep. So uh, guys that can run is that fair to say? Uh, guys that can <laughs> run, but I mean he makes it easy in one regard. He just likes good players. I mean normally he would like big players on the front, but you know he was a big fan of Kalijah. So yeah, um, it, he likes good players, and that's one of the things that jumped out when we we're talking to Liam is players over plays. So um, it's that's a big philosophy of his. So. You know, he's going to change things to adapt to the players. It's not about the scheme. We'll get you out of here on this. Obviously, you know, you have um, Bruce who, you know, an all-time personality and a great coach. So whenever you have a transition to Todd, even when you know a guy, when he becomes a head coach, that relationship's different for you. Explain how that has gone and how that has grown over the course of your guys working together in this capacity. Yeah, it's it's like it's a different that like you said it's a different relationship Todd and I have known each other for a long time but then when you have to talk to him every day I mean I may he may have liked me then but now it's like oh he's hitting me up with this again again no but over time he and I have grown a lot closer and we can read each other's minds now finish each other's sentences that whole thing it's um we just we just have a we have a great we have a great working relationship Okay, I want to end on this, actually, because obviously, Bruce, I'm sure you felt comfortable to get into an argument over a player or whatever. It's easy personality to do that with. Todd's personality is a little bit different from Bruce's, at least on the out. I've been around him when I was in Philly. Yeah. Do you get more comfortable when you have disagreement? And it, I would imagine usually on players. Uh, you know, if like, do we hate each other now? But that's just healthy in the, in the business. It's part of just you're not always going to see eye to eye. Yeah, no, I find that with Todd, he and I have these healthy arguments, and we do them at night, and then we the next day when we see each other, then we'll see how each other feels. So sometimes I'll change, sometimes he'll change and say, you're right. So um, both, it's about 50-50. So. Who's the number one player in the draft board? <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Take it easy, Jason. Thanks, yeah. man. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it because like most 16 year old kids you don't exactly get a luxury automobile so you look at it you go well i need to add some speakers i need to tint out the windows i need to make this thing the coolest car possible so i can cruise around town with all my buddies waving at the babes and enjoy myself so my favorite part of car culture when i was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, 
roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home. And then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Okay, here with, I would say, one of the uh, the founding fathers, maybe that's too bold, of, of at least the popularity of fantasy football, like, like many people, I'm sure, my age and younger, I've listened to you for a long time with Bill. Yeah. And uh, the explosion of fantasy football. Matthew Berry is now part of Sunday Night Football. You can see him on television. Not, it just happens to be the biggest television show in America. Matthew Berry, how you doing? I'm good. Life's great, man. I'm at the NFL Combine, talking to people, having friends. It's great. When did you – how long have you been playing fantasy football? Since I was 17 years old. I've been playing fantasy since I was 14, but I started in fantasy baseball. So I think um, – 17 or 18, so over three decades. From a gambling standpoint, obviously, we bet football unlike any other sport. Same thing with fantasy? Yeah, of say? course. Yeah. yeah. Why, why do you think fantasy football is so big? I think it's partially because the NFL is so big. Like, I, I think there's a couple of reasons why, right? So first off, the NFL is the most popular sport, so it stands to reason that the fantasy version of that is also the most popular. It's easy to play. Like, it's easy to it's, – it's everything that you want in a game, which is that it's easy to play and understand. It's hard to master. Right, so you you get addicted to it, um, uh, you get really engaged with it. The fact that you know you're playing one game a week, in essence, you know, um, you're not using a ton of players. It's it's a fairly simple, you know. I have eight year olds that play, and I have eighty year olds that play, and anything that appeals to that wide a demographic, uh, you know, is is great, obviously, and it's fun. You know what I mean? Like uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's just it's fun. So that's. I feel like you put all your chips in the middle of the table on fantasy a long, long time yeah. ago. Was was that just a gut feeling? Did you could you feel it through the people you were playing with or the the larger landscape? How, how'd you know? Just um, it's a good question. I I'm not a weird guy, and by that I mean is like the so the stuff that I like. I like Springsteen. I like pizza. I like you know. Like going to Vegas. I like superhero movies. Like the stuff that I like is fairly mainstream, right? You know, I don't like weird stuff uh, or non-mainstream stuff is probably a better way to say it. And so, and I really like fantasy football. And so I sort of felt like, well, 
I like all this other stuff that's incredibly mainstream and super popular, right? And I also like this thing. And so if this thing can just get more popular, just get more exposure, have more people understand that it's it's not this nerdy thing, it's not this niche thing, but it's actually this a it's a really fun extension of watching the NFL and it gives you a rooting interest in games that you wouldn't care about, right? I'm a Commanders fan, I'll watch every Washington game till the end of time. But if I don't, um, uh, but I'll also watch every other NFL game because I have a fantasy player in it, right? So it, it enhances your enjoyment of the NFL if you enjoy the NFL. It gives you a rooting interest in games you otherwise might not care about. And so I just sort of felt like if I have this opportunity, uh, if I have this desire and this enjoyment of this thing, then I think a lot of other people will once they're exposed to it. So we just got to expose more people to it. I get asked a lot just career advice, you know, regardless of the industry. And I'm a big feel of like your gut and you yeah. know in your soul. And I, I was there a moment in your career when you realized this is really going to be something? Because you worked um, at ESPN for a long time. I was at ESPN for a long time. And there's definitely different steps along the way where I certainly – like, did I expect it to explode? You know, when I was starting out, did I expect it to explode the way it did? Did I expect that I would one day be on Football Night in America on the, you know, the, the pregame show for the, the biggest game of the week, uh, you know, the most popular show in, in the ratings? No, obviously. But, you know, but I did. Again, I sort of thought um, how, again, if this thing, if people were exposed to it, it's fun. It's fun and easy to play. And the more people are exposed to it, the more it's going to take off. I mean, there's... There's moments in time, right? Like just, I always sort of, you track my, uh, like I always track it by uh, party talk. And this will make sense in a second, right? When I started out, I would go to a party. What do you do for a living? Well, you ever heard of fantasy football? No, what's that? Well, it's this game, blah, 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 and here's how you play it, and, and sort, of, sort of do that. Had to be an interesting combo in like the early 2000s. Yeah, though. yeah, like people, <laughs> and, then they'd, and then they'd be like, what do you do for a living? A fantasy football. Oh, yeah. Like, my brother plays that. Oh, yeah, I got it. There's one guy in the office that's into it. You know, it was that. And now it's like, and then it, and then it became like, oh, fantasy football? Oh, can you, let me look at this team. Hey, I just got a trade. And now it's like, hey, Matthew. Like, they recognize me, and they come up to me, and then they're like, hey, can you help me? Give, you got a sleeper for me? Like, hey, who do I start my flex on Sunday? So it's just sort of like continue to kind of progress. When did you get hired at ESPN? 2007. Would you say it, they were pushing it back then? No, they weren't. Um, that was part of the reason I was hired. You know, they came to me and they said, I'd been doing some work off and on for the, for the company. Like I'd been doing like, you know, little guest spots here and there. But they came to me and they said in 2007, they said, hey, we've been talking internally. We think fantasy football has the potential to be big enough. We think it's, you know, it's got this uh, potential. Uh, and we're looking for a Mel Kuyper of fantasy football. We've been talking internally. We need to find a Mel Kuyper for fantasy football to help us grow this particular, you know, this interest stream. And, uh, and we like the work you do. Um, so we'd like to buy your website, move you to Connecticut, and make you the guy. So that was 2007. And part of what I was hired to do was to grow the game, specifically ESPN's fantasy game, but by ESPN being the worldwide leader in sports, and they certainly were in 2007, um, uh, that was my mandate, was to sort of like, if, if ESPN grew the game, then I, we sort of felt like it would kind of grow globally. And that the other thing is that there was a trickle-down effect that like, at ESPN, it's just like, listen, if you're a fan of sports, you have to watch ESPN at some point. You have to engage with ESPN. Like, there's just no avoiding it, right? Yeah. Specifically to the NFL, they have Monday Night Football, right? If, if you're going to be a fan of the NFL, you have to watch Monday Night Football, and you can only watch it on ESPN. 
So we felt like people playing fantasy, even if they didn't play with ESPN, but just people playing fantasy care more about the NFL. There have been studies, right, that the average football fan watches about three hours a week. The average fantasy player watches over six hours a week, right, more than twice. They're the avids of the avids. And so if we could get somebody playing fantasy football, even if it wasn't on ESPN platforms, if they played Yahoo somewhere else, right, uh, NFL.com, you know, what have you. Um, Double their time watching. Well, right. They're more engaged in sports. It just means that basically if they were playing fantasy football wherever they played it, they'd be more engaged in sports. And if they were more engaged in sports, ultimately that would be good for ESPN because they would hopefully come to read my column or listen to my podcast or just they'd watch Monday Night Football even if they didn't have, even if they weren't a fan of the two teams playing because they're hoping for a Monday Night Miracle, which I always put out there, you know, that kind of thing. So um, that was sort of the idea um, of, uh, of, of promoting that. So yeah, so part of my job I think the thing that I can I can legitimately take the most credit for is the growth of fantasy football, the the making it popular in America. I've won awards for that. I've, I've well, I little, think about you when you say fantasy football. Yeah. I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here. Well, it's I've, just true. I appreciate that, but that's the thing that that comes up the most. Like I, I literally like, and I'm not trying to brag about the award, but it's just so funny. The American Marketing Association. The American Marketing Association, and uh, I think it was in 2013, named me the Marketer of the Year because of my help in the growth of fantasy football. Like, it's kind of crazy, like right? Phil you know, Knight. Like, right, they, they, I mean, somewhat, like, you know, I, I don't know that I would say that, but I just, like, literally, like, this marketing organization, like, honors people for, like, you know, incredible marketing, and they were like, the way you marketed fantasy football and the way you helped grow the popularity of it and made it a national thing, you know, they, they gave me this award. And so, um, you know, I, I think that's... You know, I'm not trying to brag on myself, but that is something that I think I can legitimately sort of lay claim to. And that's the thing that comes up the most is that I didn't invent fantasy football, but I believe I made it popular. I well, mean, a lot of people did, but like I was I was part of that. For sure. That stream. Is it fair to say, obviously, when you get really big at ESPN or starting off in 07, one thing that's dramatically changed over that period of time is the power of the Internet? Oh, for sure. Game changer for fantasy? Oh, a thousand percent, because all of a sudden now, it you know... Now you could play it in this, right? Now you could you, you play it on your phone. Stats are kept more. E uh, it's easier to do research. It's easier to set your lineup. It's easier to get you know um, live scoring updates, everything like that. So just technology has yeah, been a great a boon game. to the game, and it, it lowered the barrier to entry. Again, like back when I was doing it, you had to do the, you had to do stats by hand. You had to sort of nerd out and really like go through the box scores, add them all up. You're doing stats by hand. It's painstaking, and the only people that are really going to do that the hardcore, the hardcores. But now, like again, like you know. My kids have been playing since they were like eight, because they they all know how to use an app. They all know how to use a phone. They can all open up an app and they just like oh, boop boop. Oh, this guy's projected for more points than that guy. Great, you know that kind of thing. I'm a big gambler, so I, and I've heard you and Bill talk about this. That there yeah. are some underground fantasy leagues that have massive buy-ins, right? Yes. Some former athletes, just rich people. Are you part of any of those? And can can you just give me what's the biggest one you've ever heard of a buy-in? I mean, I, there's a there's one I've heard of that's a, a bunch of uh, uh, guys that either own or run casinos. That's like it's a hundred thousand dollar buy-in. I've heard of I've heard rumors of the hundred thousand dollar buy-in one. That one I know for a fact. Keeper um, league, huh? Keeper league, not or? a keeper league. <laughs> starts it's a redraft. fresh every year. Okay. It starts fresh <laughs> every year. Uh, but there's but I've heard rumors of ones that like you know million dollar buy-ins and that kind of stuff. I couldn't. Couldn't prove it. In a, the, Talk about the, being dialed in right? on a weekly I mean, basis. Holy like, shit. <laughs> but but honestly, it's all still sort of the same. Like, if you're willing to put a million dollars down in a fantasy league, 
you can afford to lose it. You know what I mean? It's like true. it's the same as somebody else saying, you know, I'm in a ten dollar league or I'm a hundred dollar league. It's all relative. Guy making right? sixty grand doing a five hundred dollar league is a pretty big deal. Right, thousand <laughs> percent. Right, yeah. it's the same thing. But you know, somebody who's worth somebody who's worth a hundred million dollars. Yeah. I'll put in a hundred. I'll put in a million. Somebody that's worth five hundred million dollars. I'll put in a million dollars. They they don't care. It's this, yeah. Well, I'd imagine you get people all over the sun hitting you up for advice, right? Especially the big money guys want to know. Does that? I mean, how does that go? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a little more pressure, uh, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I'm always happy to help out. the 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 fact of the matter is, is that I have found the majority of the people that I find want to win not for the money reasons. So like, I've talked about this, like, you know, um, I Jay-Z plays fantasy football and I'm in a, you know, I, I know all the guys in that league. I'm not in that league, but I, I know all the guys in that league. LeBron? LeBron's not in that league. No, um, it's a famous gut league, uh, guts league, uh, Chris Paul, the only other athlete or celebrity in that league is is uh, Chris Paul, but Jesse Itzler, who's a co-owner of the Atlanta Hawks, yeah, is yeah, in that yeah. league. Steve Stout, who, um, you know, runs translation. Uh, Mike Kaiser, the president of Atlantic Records, Juan Perez, who runs Rock Nation Sports, um, Kevin Lyles, Irv Gotti, you know, Murder Inc., Irv Gotti, the, the legend, um, on and on, um, uh, the people in that league. And so, um, the, but, you know, so I've seen that league, all those guys, and, and I, I won't say what the entry fee is for that league, but it's not cheap. Probably not 10 bucks. It's not 10 bucks. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. And, but in all the years, and I've, I've, gone to that draft for I think uh, 11 years 12 years now something like that they all want to win desperately oh you go to the draft I go to the draft I go to the draft every year and um, and sort of help out and give it you know they I, I kind of do a play by play the picks and people are like good pick bad pick and I sort of like talk about whether <laughs> I liked it or not and you know that's give it, cool. I give all the guys crap or they give it back to me and it's it's a great time you it's, charge a fee for that or I do you? not oh. I do not it's I'm honored to be there but the the reason I bring that up is is my point is is like it's not an insignificant amount of money and I've never in 12 years ever heard anyone bring up the money. They all desperately want to win, but it's not about the, it's about bragging rights because they're all that group is all they're all good friends. They've known each other for years and years and years and years, and so it's all bragging rights. And that's what I found for the most part is very few people that are in a, you know play fantasy for the money. There, I mean, there are pay for play, there are play for pay leagues where the goal is to try to win yeah, money. Yeah. But leagues that are comprised of friends, people care much, regardless of how much the entry fee is, people care much more about winning than they do, you know, whatever the, whatever the, the grand prize at the end. Like, same thing, like, you know, uh, like all the Avengers are in a league. Um, you know, Chris Pratt, Chris Evans, uh, you know, Anthony Mackie, Jeremy Renner, on and on and on, right, are in this league. And they they talk trash nonstop. Again, not a cheap league to be in, um, but one that is you know really intense because they all want to beat each other. So again, it's less about the money, especially weirdly as for rich people, it's not about the money. It's about you know trash talk and and beating your friends. How, how dialed in are you to? Just nonstop storylines during OTAs and training camp. Is that when you? I mean, you're just following every team very closely. Yeah, constantly. I mean, it's one of the reasons I'm here at the combine, right? It's the for what I do for a living. Until the prospects are on a team, can't really assess their Hard fantasy value, right? Yeah. You know, what I mean, like we know Marvin Harrison's going to be good, 
But Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison Jr. on the Patriots is a different fantasy prospect than Marvin Harrison Jr. on the Cardinals. With Kyler. Kyler. Yeah. Right? You know, so, again, you kind of wait to see where they're going to land and where they, you know, what their role is going to be, right? Um, so, for me, what I do here at the Combine is it's gathering intel, right? It's networking. It's getting sources. It's hearing this is what we're thinking about doing. This is what we're planning on doing. This is how we're talking with this player, that player, that player, that kind of thing. And so... Um, uh, you Rookies know, are so, hard, though, right? Like, did oh, you like CJ? I mean, how would no like, one knew I, they was going to do like that? I like CJ, but if I, <laughs> I, I would be lying if I said I thought he was going to have the season he's going to have. I like Tank Dell. Tank Dell was legitimately a sleeper for me, but I'd be lying if I said I thought CJ Stroud would have the kind of fantasy season he did. Absolutely not. And that's the thing with fantasy football, right? Like right. Jordan Love, unknown, yeah. and he ends up throwing what we, thirty plus touchdowns or pretty little more known, but still, like yeah. coming off an injury, how do? You, yeah, it's always hard to tell. I mean, I did have Jordan Love as a sleeper. I thought they, they he'd be better than you know because he'd shown flashes and everything like that. And I offensive him, coach. Yeah, offense offensive coach. He uses his legs a little bit. Thought they had better receivers than they were given credit for. But right, there's a little bit of the unknown there. But yes, to your to your the point is is like starting now through rook you know through free agency through the draft through rookie OTAs like you know like all the way up until kickoff fantasy value constantly changes you're trying to get notes and you know that kind of thing trying to get uh, nuggets and news and information and try to sift through what's what's real and what's baloney so like a way too early look ahead yeah you know guys like let's use jordan love and brock purdy sure we know their cast of characters coming back they're both gonna have the same coach would you view their season last year gonna be any different this year i think both will improve upon that and i think both are top 12 fantasy quarterbacks next year yeah. for sure running backs i mean some of them are free agents, but like yeah. some of the guys, Jamar, uh, Jameer Gibbs, is he a guy that you just? <laughs> yeah, I mean the question is He's whether they be, right. I mean I think I'll have I have, Jameer, carries, I, I have Jameer Gibbs ranked ahead of Dave Montgomery. They want to be a run first team. It's one of the best offensive lines in football. Um, you don't expect any of that, but you know Jameer Gibbs is I, Jameer Gibbs is going to be one of the first you know fifteen running backs drafted you know this year and probably higher because there's going to be a lot of hype on him. McCaffrey. McCaffrey's my number one overall, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Nothing's going to change? No. Running backs make you nervous, though, with injuries? and Yeah, a little bit, but uh, you know what? Like, yes, running backs make you nervous, but they all do. Every position does. I mean, what was it, something like 66 different quarterbacks took a snap this year? Crazy. Something like, I mean, like, quarterback used to be the same. Like, no one, quarterbacks never get injured, you know. The league protects them. You know, they're usually mobile. They have uh, 66 different quarterbacks, right? Like, so... You know, and then there were a lot of wide receiver injuries as well. I mean, you know, obviously Justin Jefferson, he got banged up. Jamar yeah. Chase got banged up. T. Higgins got banged up. Like on and on and on. So Debo. Debo. Mike Williams. You know, I mean, like, it's a violent sport. Let's end on your squad. Obviously, they got a new coach. They got a new GM. They have offensive pieces. And it uh, looks like they're going to take quarterback. Do you know who you want? <laughs> you know, I mean, I think the easy answer is, is Caleb Williams because of Cliff Kingsbury. But, um... I want whoever. I, I, I honestly, I, man, you have a gut feeling who they're going to take. I, I assuming I, he's going to go one. I, Caleb. I yeah. I feel like Drake May just because I feel like he's probably a better fit at this stage for what Cliff Kingsbury likes to run offensively versus Jaden Daniels, who's you know kind of like this uh, different kind of quarterback. But what I would say is is that um, I almost think he can't screw it up. Feels like all three. I'm like like you know I again. Kind of agree. Not cut to you know cut to three years from now and one of them is Josh Rosen. But, like, you know, the fact of the matter is, is, like, I feel like all three of them are sort of can't miss and, like, like they're all going to be good. 
I think it's safe to say whoever they take it to, given the personnel you guys have on offense and Cliff, probably going to have a pretty good rookie year. Yeah. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you imagine? I would think so, too. You know, and it's interesting, right? Because like, without knowing team, you'd sort of say, well, Jaden Daniels is going to be the most fantasy relevant because of the rushing. Yeah. But then you, then you point back to last year. Okay, if Anthony Richard had stayed healthy all year long, who wins up with more fantasy points, Richardson or C.J. Stroud? Like, it would have been close. You might have Stroud, had 10 rushing touchdowns. I, CJ, right. I mean, Richardson, but Richardson was on his way to being a fantasy superstar, but then Stroud just has a monster year, right? Stroud was a fantasy uh, superstar. And so, so you sort of never know, right? Um, uh, but I think all three will be very successful. And I think, yes, they need to improve their offensive line, but Kingsbury's an offensive-minded coach, right? And, you know, with, with McLaurin, with Dotson, with Curtis Samuel – with a strong run game, I think whoever that quarterback is, in a game that'll you know, in a, and on a team that they'll probably be throwing a decent amount because they'll be down, yeah, should be a you know potential fantasy option. Sam Howell this year, Sam Howell for the longest time was a top ten fantasy quarterback. He had moments where he looked pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he got a raw deal a little bit. He was running for his life. <laughs> a lot of Awful offensive line, and the defense was so bad he was constantly in negative game script. He never got the opportunity to just like, hey, can we just run a balanced offense? Yeah. You know. I, I read you because I go to Roto World a lot. Sure. Is that the easiest place to find you for people? RotoWorld.com, you bet. I love Roto World. I've been when I worked in the NFL, we used to use Roto World, which was Twitter before Twitter, yeah. to get the injuries, to find out the stories. Still I, I still use it all the time and I see your stuff there. Matthew I appreciate continued it. success. Thank you, John. Thank you. The volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card. Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex.